0: Hoi hoi all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for party zone, Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week and this is your last call, yes that's right, your last call for the gold mini helmet giveaway, indeed one lucky listener will be drawn at random Sunday morning, this coming Sunday, two days from now on facebook live yes that's on my facebook live page over at locked on mizzou just submit a review of this show on apple podcasts and take a screenshot of that review and send it to me again either at locked on mizzou on facebook or on twitter or instagram or how about on email too, locked on mizzou at com. but Let's get into the show then, shall we? Because we got a lot to talk about regarding a big game for the Missouri Tigers, the suddenly somewhat hot Missouri Tigers basketball team, and I've got a full preview of the Kentucky Wildcats coming for you, and plus, some betting advice about that game. Oh yes, my very, very, so far prescient betting advice, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie. But first, let's talk about the Tigers a little bit themselves, because you know what? For all the talk of Torrance Watson being as hot as fire in that previous game, possibly shooting himself out of that slump, and the talk of, well, perhaps Jeremiah Tillman will play in this game and perhaps he won't. Well, you know what? I think quietly Drew Smith is really starting to come into his own. Notice his three-point shooting is ticking up slowly but surely, and just as importantly, his passing – to shooters, finding shooters in the corner, just as good as ever. I mean, truly that is an elite skill that he has, especially the ability to pass with either hand is just so impressive to me. And really, we just need to convert more, convert some of those good shots that he's getting us, like Watson did in the previous game. And honestly, you know, Smith has really shown a penchant for playing some of his best balls, some of his best ball, excuse me, In these big games, in the game where the lights are a little brighter, these road games, in particular against Xavier, when maybe Drew was still finding his footing a little bit, I think that was one of his stronger games and where he figured out that, oh, I need to start taking it to the hole more, maybe at this level, and making things happen, in the paint, kicking out, getting to the foul line, that type of deal, and I think, really in this game, I think that's something that Drew's going to have to just keep doing, just keep. Keep staying the course, as it were, against these Kentucky Wildcats. So there's been some talk in other spaces about Conzo Martin and how our lineup is still maybe not settled. But what I really noted, just looking at lineup data, is that in Missouri's last five games, only one of its top ten used lineups could really be described as a four-guard lineup or a small lineup, if you will. In fact, it seems like the most effective units the Missouris used have been the big lineups and by big lineups, I mean at least two of the following players on the court at the same time that would be Tillman, Nico, Mitchell Smith, Kobe Brown, and then to a lesser extent guys like Parker Brown, Trey Jackson, anybody that could reasonably be considered a power forward in the traditional sense well. Really, I, I think that is the one thing that has been decided so far. That really, our, our four-guard lineups may not be all that effective, is what I'm trying to say, especially considering what a revelation Mitchell Smith has been as a pick-and-roll defender lately and just as a defender in general, crashing down, taking charges, using his length and quickness to his advantage. And, you know, plus, speaking of that, speaking of that four-spot a guy who's done really everything except knock down the shots is Kobe Brown. We've mentioned him a lot, and I think it's worth bringing up that he's seventh in the entire country at this point in steal percentage, so that just shows kind of the action that Kobe's been getting involved in, and I think really everything about his game has been good except the three-pointer, and I would just advise him to please stop shooting that shot, at least for this year, unless there's something that I don't know. Maybe he's... Knocking him down like crazy in practice, but honestly, I would put that one in the garage until next season. That's just my advice. Now, obviously, as I alluded to earlier, the big question mark for Missouri coming in will be whether or not Jeremiah Tillman will play. And coming forward, I've got some opinions on how that's going to affect the game and Missouri's prospects in the betting column. And also, Well, a full preview of these Kentucky Wildcats. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Really, of all of John Calipari's recent rosters in this era of Kentucky basketball, this is really about the least one-and-done type roster that I've seen. I mean, really, honestly, for as much as Bobby Knight hates John Calipari, I'm sure, this feels like a team, really, that Bobby Knight could love. There's really nothing terribly spectacular about it. There is no especially flashy NBA prospect on this roster. and In fact, well, the Wildcats lost to Evansville this year, so you might think, boy, this team is just not up to snuff. But really digging in deeper, you see that they beat Louisville recently. They also beat Michigan State in their first game out this year. Really, when I look at it, I think this is a good, not a great Kentucky team. So certainly they this is still going to be a, tall order for Missouri. Don't Have no doubts about that. But at the same time, this does feel like a game, an opportunity Missouri could win. There, again, there is no Anthony Davis. There is no Carl Anthony Towns on this team. Really Tyrese Maxey. That's probably the guy who's the closest you're going to get to a high-end NBA prospect on this team. He, along with Ashton Hagens and Emmanuel Quickly, what they really do, those three guards, they really do a nice job of getting in the lane, drawing fouls, and especially making those foul shots. But none of them are great three-point shooters. Now, again, great foul-shooting team, which is maybe atypical of these Calipari-type teams, right, that we've seen historically. But certainly this Kentucky team doesn't have that problem at all. And getting back to Tyrese Maxey, I think, from what I've seen, I watched, I watched him play against Michigan State and Louisville and Ohio State as well. In two of those three games against the Spartans and against the Cardinals, really, I, I thought he was excellent. And it just seems like when his shot is going, it really opens up the offense for everything else and, and gets things clicking for the Wildcats. But, you know, when he, if we can just stifle him a little bit, and who knows, with Missouri's defense, maybe they can. I think, you know, he's the guy to look at. If they can stifle his offense, Missouri's got a chance. Then another guy to watch who I enjoyed playing, who enjoyed watch playing, excuse me, is is Nick Richards, a junior center. Yes, that's right, a junior. They have a lot of upperclassmen on this team, believe it or not. Well, he's really come into his own this year. I mean, he wasn't a huge contributor previously, but this season he's become quite the highly efficient shot maker near the rim and plenty of rebounds and blocks as well. You know, when you look at him play on video, it seems like he's a guy Tillman- can easily out-muscle in the paint, but, and here's the obvious but, Tillman has to be careful, obviously. He can't get too excited on the road and push him out of the way or hook him, you know, mostly the arm flailing when he posts up. you, you got to avoid that kind of stuff. But while Richards may not be as physically strong as Tillman, he looks like a very good pick-and-roll defender, covers lots of ground, a- again, not unlike Mitchell Smith lately. Another guy I like for them, senior senior graduate transfer from Bucknell. This guy Nate Sestina. kind of an interesting throwback, six foot nine, sort of old man's post up game, if you will. But he can also step out and hit threes too. And in fact, I think he hit five or six of them against the Ohio State in the Ohio State game. I was watching really kept him in the ball game that they ultimately ended up losing, but. You know, I, I again I like the Sistina kid and he he can move on defense too, so another good another good versatile sort of big man defender with them along along with another couple guys they have too who were, you know, former McDonald's All Americans type players who haven't necessarily worked out as you might expect, but clearly the athleticism and talent is there. And and what really stands out when you watch Kentucky, really any of their teams, but especially this year when I've watched them you got to be impressed with how Calipari gets these guys again a bunch of top 50 McDonald's All-American often often top 10 type prospects how he gets them all to buy in and play together and play defense get rebounds and also how he sort of stifles what you might think is the the hero ball instinct if you will just this one-on-one game of oh I got this type thing I mean this team shares the ball well and that isn't uncommon for Kentucky teams at all and for as much as people like to give Calipari credit I think you have to give him a lot of credit for that and one thing the Cats always do on defense is they do play aggressive defense on the ball handlers and So it'll be interesting to see if Drew Smith is ready for it, and I think he will be. Now, Xavier Pinson has struggled with some pressure at times, especially the full-court pressure, which I'm not expecting early in the game by any means. But I just think it'll be interesting to see how Xavier does against those Kentucky guards. And again, if he can can just handle the pressure – not have any sort of meltdowns, and and really, if he can make plays, what I think he should do is be aggressive. If if there are guys that are pushing up hard against him, he's shown that he can beat guys off the dribble. So, Xavier, don't be afraid. Be aggressive because, really, if we're going to win this game, we need you to be aggressive and we need you to make plays. So I would just say stick to the game plan and try to make something happen if they're going to give you the space that you need or – just by giving you no space, essentially. Make the right read. I, that's what I would say. I would just, I would encourage him, is what I'm saying. I would encourage our best ball handlers, if they're going to push up on you, make them pay. And just as far as this matchup goes, there has been this idea floating around that because Kentucky doesn't attempt a lot of three-pointers this year, that that will negate one of Missouri's defensive advantages which is that they guard the three-point line well but when you watch Missouri it's not as though they're flying around and just wantonly contesting every three-pointer I mean they're closing out under control never really leaping off their feet you see but so I'm really, I don't necessarily buy into that, that somehow that, okay, well, Missouri's great at three point defense, but they're bad at other aspects of defense or something. If that were true, I could go with that. But I don't think that that matchup thing necessarily adds up. To me, I think these are both good defensive teams from what I've seen. So I'm kind of expecting a low scoring affair. And with all that in mind, I've got some predictions about this game, including how I believe that you can profit off of my knowledge. Well, at least I hope so. By golly, you've profited so far if you've listened to me. But with all that being said, it's time for Should You Bet on Missouri or Not. Well, unfortunately, unlike college football, as I'm learning, which has its lines posted for days, if not weeks, leading into each major college football game. Well, Missouri, Kentucky, and the entire slate of college basketball tomorrow is is still not out yet, so we don't exactly know what the line is going to be. But you know what? Here's another thing we've learned. Ken Palm has a pretty, pretty good estimate of where it's going to be, and even if they're off a point or two, that's okay. We can just decide right now where we like the line and where we don't. We don't have to know immediately today where it is, we can just plan ahead like the good Boy Scouts that we are. And indeed, as you might expect, Ken Palm does have Kentucky favored to win this game. Their projection, Kentucky 68, Missouri 60. And my first reaction with that projection, if that really is the total, if the total is 128, I would certainly take the under. I just don't really see both teams getting into the 60s, first of all, and yeah, if you're going to give me another eight points on top of 120, I'm going to take it. So, And also, honestly, if you're going to give me plus nine on Missouri, I'm going to strongly consider that as well, but what I think is even more interesting, what will happen if Jeremiah Tillman is ruled out before the game? Does that move the line? Does that make does that make a possible 8-9 point line? Does that make it 10, 11, 12? Or perhaps does Kentucky get even more respect than what I'm guessing just because, well, public perception, obviously, and just the sheer amount of Kentucky fans. All of these things factor into any sort of betting market. But again, getting back to the Tillman market, the idea of how he would move the market, his participation honestly if Tillman is ruled out and the betting line moves by a basket or more I think that's actually an opportunity because again how many times have we seen Tillman get in foul trouble and really be a zero I hate to say that I wish that weren't the case but it happens it happens time and time again quite honestly We've also seen that when Tillman is not the focal point of the offense, well, sometimes the offense works better. So, again, these are things that I as a Missouri fan realize, and they're things that you might realize as well. If you're shaking your head and agreeing with me, then well, what we have then is an edge, at least in our mind. So you have to take those points. If they're going to give you those points tomorrow, you got to take them. That's my advice. But first of all, again, my main takeaway – The total, the 128, you got to go under on that. I think that's a good bet. Missouri's been a good bet on the under all year. Why not keep going with it? And actually, well, overall, Missouri's been a good bet, haven't they? Eight and four against the spread. Meanwhile, Kentucky five and seven. Eh, Just some interesting numbers to throw out there for you. And all I can say is to close it out, I hope the interesting number tomorrow is somewhat of an upset victory involving your Missouri Tigers. So until next time, all you true sons and daughters, I am John Miller, and this has been another episode of Locked on Mizzou.